Blog Talk Radio. Really make it over there all the time. It wasn't quite as close 
more like a plant sitting there. So I said, I still enjoy the game. I've got to do something with this. And, well, then I looked back and said, years and years and years ago in college, I did radio. And I took some classes up at ACC, did a sport, did a baseball this show, and that had several different other guests with me there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Neil Solon's a lot of other people at Ray's organization that kind of encouraged me along the way. And the next thing I know, um, COVID came and moved from doing it at a campus show to a podcast. I've been doing that now for about three years. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of great guests on the show. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm learning something new every day with this. Once you think you know everything about baseball, it changes. And this year, more so than any other. No, you're absolutely right about that. Things have really changed in baseball. And you mentioned you've always been a Rays fan. How was how did that love for the Rays begin? Well, it's a part of its proximity and just getting down here in Tampa. And I, I love baseball as a young man. When I was, grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, we had the, the Louisville Colonels baseball team. Later on, they became the Redbirds. It became, uh, what is it now? I think the Bats. But... The whole idea of the game itself has always been exciting to me. So once I came down here to Tampa and was able to actually go to those games, there were some really great players there, you know, that you would say day in and day out. And, you know, you, you put your heart into it. You put it into every game. And Evelyn Gore, I mean, he was so great to watch. And, and the excitement of what he and other players brought to that game. Uh, the season, one season where they had to go all the way to the 162nd game to decide who was going to advance in the postseason. That kind of excitement, uh, I relished that. I enjoyed that. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's real easy to get caught up with a lot of these players. And they come and go, though. When, when Longoria left, a lot of people felt uh, kind of a well, an emptiness in their heart. But the real fans, they understand that teams are going to change. I mean, right now we're right in the middle or the beginning, I guess I should say, of the MLB draft of 2023 that will be going on for the next few days. And you're going to be seeing a lot of these teams change. You know, some players will leave, some will go, some will come up new in the draft. But as far as me getting in touch with the Rays, there is an energy there, I think, that uh, it, it was due to me. So that was pretty much the attraction. Yeah, and that's one of the great things about the Rays is that they've come a long way, and the team over the last many years now has been very, very competitive, and they've been doing great. Talk about the Rays and how well they've been doing over the last few years. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny because a lot of national media didn't really pay much attention to the Rays, and Kevin Cash and the boys have slowly increased, done better and better each year. I mean, in 2020, with COVID there, they are all the way to the World Series. They have got to be a very strong team. And where they've been neglected in the past as far as national media coverage, that's changed this year. You know, we, you, you can't start a season with 13 straight wins without waking other people up. And there was some criticism about what they were able to achieve with the, the type of teams that they, were, they had been scheduled to play in the, in the beginning. And there's some merit to that, but that happens with every team. Now, they're still the leading team in the American League right now. They were leading all of the Major League Baseball as far as wins, but 
they have fallen. They, the last, their last ten games, they've only won three of those. You know, <laughs> the Phillies came to the Tropicana here in, in uh, Tampa, and they, they beat the uh, Rays all three. They, they swept them at home. Boy, they hurt. You know, as a fan, and then tonight, tonight, a former Ray, Charlie Morton, is on the mound as, as an Atlanta Brave, and uh, they took, I think it was two to one, they they beat the Rays tonight, and again, at home. It's a tough time for Rays fans, and, and for all those young men in that dugout, but I have the feeling that they will persevere. Kevin Cash will help lead those young men, and it will make a difference. I'm, this has got to be that team with some of the most exciting people, too, Alan. I mean, you look at it. you got Randy Rosaria. He's beloved just about any stadium he goes to, whether they're a race fan or not. You've got uh, Jose Siri out there in center field, who's a, a showman himself, you know. And then you uh, look at Yandy Diaz uh, on first. And, man, he's powerful there. He's, he's a thoughtful batter. I could go on about all of them, but, that, those are the different elements. Those are just a few of them that make that team exciting and make me want to watch them every night. Absolutely. I mean, they're a very exciting team. A lot of great things going on with the Rays. And and I'm glad that you want to come out and visit them. Do you feel as if, you know, now that they starting to get a little bit national attention, do you feel as if it's a good time for the Rays to use this momentum to move to Ybor City or stick where they're at? What are your thoughts on what the team should do long-term. Oh, brother, I wish they were moving to Ebor City. I don't know where they're going to land. You know, the last I heard, they were talking with the mayor over in St. Pete. It looked like things were going to uh, tighten up over there. So I don't believe they'll be coming over to Tampa and Ebor. I wish they were, Alan. I hope you know something that I don't and that there is going to be a move to Ebor because that would be ideal. You know, we were looking at that three or four years ago thinking that was really going to be the way to go. But, uh, Powers that be, you know, in the pocketbooks aren't opening. And so I don't think it's going to happen, my friend. I'm, I'm just hopeful that we keep – I don't want to be like uh, the Oakland A's and seeing that your team's being picked up and moved somewhere else. I mean, that's been a threat. We, we've, it's been talked about splitting this team, you know, half to Montreal and half here. I mean, that's, that's all gone now. But there's been so much talk and – there hasn't been enough definition and commitment from all the people involved to say, yes, they're going to be here in Tampa Bay, or yes, they're going to be in Ebor, or yes, they're going to be over to St. Pete. I'm, I'm waiting for that kind of finality. Uh, I, I had an anxious nature about it for the longest time, but quite honestly, I, I, I pretty much just put my hands in the air and said, you know what, I'm going to join them as long as they're here, and hopefully they'll still be here years to come. No, that's a great way to look at it. Just enjoy it while they're here. Enjoy every moment of it. Because you're right, you don't know if they're going to stay or go someplace else. And for the Rays and the fans, what could they do to – what could the Rays do to go ahead and motivate the, the fans to come out like yourself more frequently and more often? That's a tough one. Um, here's the thing. In Tampa – we're a city of transplants. By that, I mean, there are probably more people who live in Tampa that were not born here, you know, not native. Uh, when I first moved down here years ago, and I was with the New York Times Company, we also had a lot of people working in the building from uh, the Boston Globe. If there was a race, you know, a lot of the folks would get tickets, but you had all these people from up north who had already had allegiances to their teams up north. 
And that's part of what happens with when you go to a race game now. There's a lot of people who already have an allegiance to the hometown that they came from. And trying to build excitement with, with Tampa people to go there, it can be difficult. I think if they put it in board, it'd make a difference, okay? I honestly believe if they brought the race into Ebor, into Tampa, it would make a difference. I mean, myself, here I am in plant these days. It's a heck of a commitment to get to the game. And even when I'm going to get there, the traffic is actually killer. So those are some things that, that have to be balanced out, especially looking new, toward a new stadium. And let's face it, a lot of folks these days, they're going to watch them on the tube. You know, you've got availability on, to watch them on MLB TV or Valley or tonight. If you wanted to watch the race, you couldn't watch them on either one of those. You had to have Apple TV. But I, I don't know what we can do to get people excited enough to actually come to the trial. Uh, there's, there has to be some kind of change in transportation to make it easier for people to get to the trial. Yeah, and hopefully with all the construction they're doing, they will make it easier. You're right about that because traffic is tough to get over there to St. Pete. But one thing that's a lot closer to you is the Tampa Baseball Museum at Al Lopez House. What are your thoughts on the Tampa Baseball Museum? Well, one, I'm, I work there sometimes occasionally as a ghost of the guide. And I want to thank you. I know you came and visited a while back with Josh or Sandal and uh, did a nice feature on it. The Al Lopez Museum to me, the Tampa Baseball Museum at the Al Lopez House, is a, is a great place for people to get in touch with baseball overall and to get an understanding of why Tampa has become such a uh, hmm, what I want to say, it has been an incubator for great talent over the decades. Uh, if you come there to the Tampa Baseball Museum in Ebor, you're going to learn the story of Al Lopez, one of the first campaign, one of the first campaigning in Major League Baseball. He started out with the Boston Bees back in 1928, and you'll learn a little bit about his life and, and how he and others grew up in Ebor with that. Uh, the, you know, the other thing that you're going to learn is that, like I said, the evolution is an incubator. You, know, you look at Lou Pinella, and, and you saw Lou, the award he was given recently at the Legacy Awards. Lou Pinella and Tony LaRusso, two guys who grew up together side by side, sometimes play on the same team, sometimes rivals. Those fellows. You're going to see people like, you know, Tino Martinez, uh, Pete Alonso these days. These are just a few of the ones who would see Gary Sheffield, Dwight Gooden. You're, you'll find different artifacts from a lot of these players there at the Tampa Baseball Museum in the but it really gives you a sense of the history of the game uh, when you go there. There's a wall that kind of takes you through a timeline you know, of baseball in this area. So it's exciting, and it's invigorating, I think, to anybody who loves the game. And we get quite a few different types of visitors here, Alan. I mean, today, for instance, I was just kind of doing a little checklist. And a, a group from Atlanta, some other ones from Connecticut, uh, others from Ocala. Others from Arizona. I mean, people are coming from everywhere to learn more about baseball at that museum. So it's, uh, it's fun to have those folks there and to share their stories as well. Yeah, that really is exciting that people are coming out to come visit you at the Tampa Baseball Museum. And, and if people did want to actually run into you, what's a good time or day that they could probably see you? Well, I'll tell you what, either myself or Josh are usually working there. And we are working, we're open three days a week right now. That's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 
and we're over from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And I don't have the number in front of me, but uh, you can call them or you can call the Ebor Museum Society if you have a special group and you'd like to come at another time. We do work with those as well. And we're looking at actually taking the show on the road, to be honest with you. I'm looking, Josh and I, Armenda, <coughs> pardon me, Gina and Joy are putting together a program where we can take some exhibits out to, to different groups who want to hear the story about what's going on with Tampa baseball, how it evolved. So we're actually going to take the museum on the road here, it looks like you're Charlotte, and do some presentations there as well. Wow, that's exciting. That's, that's definitely, I'm glad you'd mention that. When do you think, as far as time frame, they might actually do that? Well, right now, I know we're going to be visiting one place next week, and it's kind of going to be, I think, the model for the future. So I think after next week, you'll probably see us doing two, three, or four of these a month uh, beginning in, in August. I don't know how many more we're actually going to be able to get this month, so we're getting a really good start. We did a test a couple of weeks ago and where we received very, very well. I'm looking forward to, you know, doing that again with other groups. And if they're interested, we'd love to hear more from them. Fantastic. And I, definitely again, I would recommend that they – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say I'd have them reach out to Arminda Mata at the Arnibor Museum Society. And let me see if I can bring up her email here. Uh, but she's done a great job of pulling all this together. We'll come back to that. I'll have it for you here in a second, too. Oh, no worries. And, and definitely I, I ran into you at the Ebor City Museum Society, the 39th Annual Legacy Awards, the brunch there. It was, it was, I, I really loved it, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that event. To me, it is a community and a culture we're celebrating. The city of Ebor and the people in it. And when you think about the, <clears throat> the establishment of Ebor, from a gentleman who came from Spain to Cuba to Ebor, Vicente Martinez Ebor, and what he did as far as helping establish like with the tobacco industry, being a big part of that, his great-grandson, Rafael Martinez Ebor, was there at the event, and I was excited to meet him. I mean, you're, here, you're, you're able to touch living history, if you, if you will, but shaking the man and, and getting to know him. But what was really great about that particular event was that, how do I say this? It was touching to meet people who cared about a culture and a city so much and being able to recognize it. And one of the things that was there was recognizing Lou Canella, you know, a great baseball player, but also a, a great person from, like, the Ebor West Tampa area. So he's done so much above and beyond baseball. So being able, able to celebrate those people together, you know, that was huge. I know you were there and you were sitting at the table with, was Lou's son because he was unable to, to be there to receive him, and I believe some others as well. How, how, did that, uh, how did that work for you? It was magnificent. You know, I definitely was, was a real honor to sit there at the table with Lou Pinella Jr. I sat right next to Dexter Jackson and his beautiful wife, Tina. It was just an amazing, an amazing event. And you're absolutely right, Mark. It's just so nice to see people so motivated about the culture in Ybor City to take it that seriously. And, and Lou Pinella, you know, who, someone who I've gotten an honor to interview, 
seeing that now they'll have a ward in his name is just it's just really really enlightening to meet you and people who really care about baseball but also the, the culture the community ebor city and tampa it was just magnificent i i look forward i'm already looking forward to next year yeah i am as well i mean and we've also established that we're going to, there's going to be a Lou Pinella Award next year for Legacy Awards for Defense. So I'm looking forward to that as well. <clears throat> Pardon me. Yes, um, quickly, I did want to mention as far as the Ebor City Museum Society, and if you want to know also more about the Tampa Baseball Museum, I would say give the give this number a call. It's 813-247-1434. It's 813-247-1434. That's to the Ebor City Museum Society. And Arminda Mata, Arminda Mata is the CEO and curator of uh, both that and the Tampa Baseball Museum. So she would be able to answer any questions there. Oh, yes. That's definitely a great number to have, folks. 813-247-1434. Again, that's 813-247-1434. Amanda Mata. And... Right. It, and there's, uh, there's a great team of folks there, too. Josh Weaver. He's the museum experience coordinator there. Joy Harris, she does the finance and operations. And Gina Bowen, she does the, she's the community engagement and event manager. So a, a lot of good people, who, you know, who care about Ebor and who care about baseball. So it, it makes a difference. Like I said, we, we welcome whether it be uh, your, whatever group that they come, your team, et cetera. Uh, if you're looking at bringing a large group of people, we ask you that you give them a call, but we're there Thursday, Friday, Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and we're more than willing to put together something to come in and visit your organization. Yeah, both of them definitely a great place to, to be connected to. I love both of them, too. And, and in fact, I wanted to get your thoughts on what do you think now that the year started? We're five months, just about on the five-month end. What do you think about the new rules? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you asked. I tell you what, man. Uh, a lot of people were really upset with people using the shift before they they've done away with the net. To me, I never really cared one way or another. The shift being where everybody's placed out there and a traditional place, whether up close to second base or on the other side of second base, et cetera. But I thought batters need to learn where to hit the ball. So it didn't bother me much. But now that it's been eliminated, a lot of people feel better about it, and they feel like it maybe gives a chance to, to do a little more with uh, scoring. I don't know specifically if it's made a difference there, but I tell you what has made a difference, and that is the larger basis, my friend. And that's something that I think has been needed to coming for a long time. Uh, there's been so many collisions with people running, you know, runners, base runners who uh, intersecting with somebody who's in second, first, the catcher, et cetera. But they've increased the size of the bases. I mean, they had, they were 15 inches and, you know, for each corner to corner. But now they're 18 inches. And kind of give an idea of what that's done. I was pulling some numbers up here earlier for myself and a sheet showing I'm coming up here soon on baseball biz on that. And looking to see if we look at stolen bases, pardon me again, we look at stolen bases, 
2022. The leader there was John Birdie with Miami Marlins. He had 41 stolen bases, okay? And let's see, Asturi Ruiz with the Oakland A's, he has 43. You know, we're just a little bit past the halfway mark. Uh, see, after Birdie in 2022, the next three guys are 35 home runs, 34, 32, 32. Underneath Ruiz, you got Acuna Jr. with 41, Juan Franco, who we love, at 28, Bobby Wood, 26, et cetera, and you go down, Taylor Walls is even there with 20. So you're seeing a large number of more stolen bases this year than ever. And the excitement, I think, is one, because there's a larger base. Uh, people are willing to commit more for that, and they're able to slide in, you know, in and grab that base without being tagged as much. So it makes for a much more exciting game. I would say as far as the rules, to me, that is the most effective one to make this game even more enjoyable. The uh, the pitch clock. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to feel about that. And But I really believe it's a good thing. It's, it's worked out real well. It's sharpened the games almost by about half a month. You know, tonight's game started out at 640. It was over at 9 o'clock. Uh, so, uh, while I didn't care much for the results, and my, my agony was shorter, you might say. But it's, it makes, you know, I think for a more exciting game. The, the innings pass faster. The action is going on quicker. It used to be before we had the pitch clock in place. Not only, you know, did it make a time that – the pitch could play around or whatever before he threw the ball and extend things out. But also the batters were able to go ahead and step away from the base of multiple times. You know, they could call time several times. Now the batter has one opportunity to do that at each of that. And the pitcher has two disengagements is what they call it for each batter. They can't keep looking over and throw the ball over to if there's somebody first, they can't do that four or five times. They get to do that twice per at bat. So those things have taken away a lot of, I would say from a fan's perspective, wasteful time and have made the game much more exciting. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That is absolutely right. I love, you know, the base. It's a lot safer. I love, I actually love the pitch count too. It moves the game along. I love the flow. And you're right. It, it makes the game more exciting. And I, I love the fact that baseball is willing to try some new rules. You know, people may not love them at first. They may not like them. But once you actually try it and give it a try and give it a fair chance, it'll grow on you. And I, I absolutely agree with you 1,000%. I love the flow of the game. It takes out a lot of the, you know, kind of like dead air, wasted time space and gets right to the meat and potatoes. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and definitely that's a great take. And, and I'm glad that you were able to join us here today. In fact, tell your fans and everyone how to keep in touch with you and Baseball Biz on Deck. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you can find me. I'm Mark Corbett at BaseballBizOnDeck.com. And we put up an episode there. Try to put up at least one a week. Sometimes a couple more than that during the season. You can also find me on Twitter at the Baseball Biz. So those are two of the primary places to find me. And also, you can find Baseball Biz on deck virtually on every podcast directory, whether it's Google, whether it's iHeartRadio, whether it's Apple, 
Stitcher. Is it Stitcher still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. But there's so many of them out there. You be able to find just it's baseball biz on deck, or go to baseballbizondeck.com. And thank you for uh, mentioning that. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm definitely going to make sure that I follow you on all formats and do that for you. And definitely glad that you can join us and make sure that we keep in touch. And I'm going to make sure that when does your show usually air, like live, if people want to listen to it live? Well, currently we, we don't do a live show. We try to put up one uh, every Thursday, but it's going to be a little later this week since some changes we had going on at the museum. And uh, so normally we'll put them up like Tuesdays or Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. So definitely that's when you right. guys can hear the new new episode and you can hear the past ones and and definitely connect with Mark Corbett and Tampa Baseball Museum and Ybor City Museum Society. And and I will make sure that definitely you we follow you on all social media platforms. And it's been a real honor and pleasure in having you here, Mark. It's been a, been a great time. Well, well, thank you, Alan. It's been a pleasure being here. You know, I would encourage anybody, if they, whatever platform they use, whether it's iHeartRadio, Apple, Google Podcasts, et cetera. Go ahead and like us, love us, subscribe to us, send us an email, tell us terrible things, whatever you like. But it's all about enjoying the game of baseball, and we, we look forward to hearing from you guys there as well. So thank you, Alan, so much for, for your help on that, and also for promoting the Tampa Baseball Museum. Oh, it's my pleasure. Tell everybody there I said hi, and also at the Ebor City Museum Society, too. Tell them all said hi. Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show, and I'm definitely looking forward to having you also in the future to keep us up to date on how things are going after you guys do more of the the show on the road, as they would say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. All right. Definitely, and definitely you have a great weekend, and take care of yourself, and be well. Be blessed. You too, my friend, and thank you very much for having us here today on the show. And like I said, uh, Always love to talk about baseball, whether you're at the museum or on baseball biz on deck. You know, glad to hear your stories and happy to share ours. We'll do for sure. That's awesome. All right, man. Thanks. All right. Take care of yourself, Mark. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Anytime. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. That's the great Mark Corbett, Baseball Biz on Deck. Make sure you guys follow him and check him out at Tampa Baseball Museum, the Ybor City Museum Society, and make sure you like, subscribe to all the social media platforms, and definitely listen to podcast Baseball Biz on Deck. We're going to do that here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. So definitely you guys do the same. We're going to bring on another great caller. We're going to do it right now. Hey, how you doing? All right, Alan, thanks. You're welcome. How you been? All right. Actually, I've been t- taking on the uh, Summer League games. You were breaking up just a little bit. Say that one more time, Lou. Yeah, I'm checking out the Summer League games. Oh, wow. So you're checking out the Summer League games, and and that's exciting, and and I wanted yeah, to get your take on that, too. Yeah, d- definitely. That's a lot going on it, with Victor, correct? Yes. 
you know. Oh, wow. How's he how doing? You know, well, unfortunately, they're not playing the game until 11 o'clock, which must be 9 o'clock, but somebody gooped. Or I must have read it wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's Victor's been in the news. Yeah, he is. And he's definitely been in the news this past few days with him and Britney Spears. I don't know if you heard about the incident. I heard about it, but I'm not buying it. <laughs> so well, which I version it, of you? I did hear that the relationship was very toxic. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then well, she was asleep I, for him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I did see the, the clip there, and I'll talk more about it, but I will let you know that security got to do a better job. They can't be so – you can't be looking to oh, swing yeah. your hands. You can't do that type of stuff in this day and age, especially – when you're swinging and you're not even looking at who you're swinging at. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm definitely going to talk more about that a bit later. Yeah. It's just disappointing, but I did want to also get your thoughts. What are your thoughts so far, Lou, on the, the new baseball rules? Love it. Makes it much, makes a much better game. Makes it more digestible too, especially for me. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't take those four or five-hour games that much. And especially when they drag on the extra innings, you know, trying to hit it with one swing in the battle home run, which doesn't really happen. That's why you have these games like 17 innings sometimes, and, like, it's monotonous. So, you know, now the shift I never really paid much attention to, so you can take that or leave it. But, you know, I like the idea of the pitch clock. And, you know, of course, now the extra inning um, run base has been around for a little while. And, you know, I think it makes it better. I mean, it's not likely to drag on, you know, until like a daybreak. So I don't know what everybody's thinking, but I'm happy with these rules. I mean, this is making baseball more enjoyable again. And I can sit through the whole game. I think the only thing that people are questioning, what? I didn't finish my beer yet. Come on. You know, that's what they're probably complaining about. (laughs) No, I I totally agree with you. and, And I'll guess Mark Corbett said the same thing. I, I totally agree. I love it's a lot more paddleable the game. It moves along. I believe that a lot of the dead air is wasted out now. You gotta the pitcher gotta be ready, the batter has to be ready. Guys used to step out to yeah. throw off rhythm, adjust their gloves. It was just it was just too much time, you know, and yeah. I, I I agree. I love the new rules. I love the, the base is wider now, it's safer, you know, because guys are bigger now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's safer for somebody to go in and get their hand in or for mm-hmm. you as a runner and you as, as also the player. I, I think baseball yeah. did it, definitely hit a grand slam with, with the rules. I, I absolutely love the baseball count. In fact, I went to the Phillies and Rays game yesterday, and it was a 1-1 game, and it was just flying along. It was already in the ninth inning, and I was like, wow, this game is really moving along. And it has a lot to do with that pitch count. What took you so long? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, we waited was, for years. For years. Yeah, it, it's. I'm glad that. Yes, it's not as you know a traditional game, meaning they didn't have pitch counts way back when baseball started. But I, I think sometimes you gotta you gotta change with the times. Yes. But I think it should have been changed like 20 years ago. But, of course, the um, they say the purists, you know, weren't too fond of that. You know what? 
I bet you the purists after a couple of months where they're getting at home a lot sooner and they're not staying up four or five hours, like you said, to see a, a 14 or 15 yeah. inning game, I think they'll appreciate it too. Yeah, I mean, you know, because it's bigger. Well, let's see. Well, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm tired. I haven't, you know, uh, give my wife some love tonight. So I'm really, I'm really upset here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I think the big thing, I think the big thing that, that the uh, broadcasters are command the most. Oh, uh, come on, I give my wife some love. Come on, by the time I get home, it's gonna be four o'clock in the morning. Uh. Yeah, it's, it's that's just too late, and and I don't feel as if they yeah. cut anything out that anyone's gonna miss. You missed a lot of the wasted time. That's that's it. Yeah. You didn't really cut out the gameplay. You cut out time being wasted. So yeah, I love it. I love it, and. Definitely, and of course, uh, the main service is go, of course, when you go for Fox because they have to bring in their commercial time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. You know, Fox is like, oh come on, we gotta call this time out. Oh boy, you know they want their commercials, they want their money, so uh, national games actually won't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, After- you get the idea. Exactly. You know, you know, well, that's it. Yeah, well, at least there's one good thing. We don't have Joe Schmuck doing the game anymore. Oh, boy. <laughs> so things are, things are moving in the right direction for baseball, so I'm glad to hear that. Well, and, if they're the same thing for college football, that'd be even better. Yeah, a lot going on there. And, and the nice thing is college football, to the fans who don't know, Mark Ingram – He's going to be an analysis for Fox, actually, oh, of yeah. all people. He's going to be he's going to be the new analyst for Fox for doing Saturday night, you know, for college football, which I think, you know, congratulations to him. I think that's a I great like move. It. I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. You know, somebody who's yeah. played a running back, yeah. who knows a lot about football. He's played for a great team and he's had some great teammates. He has a wealth of knowledge that he can share and help out people, and I, I'm I'm all for it. And we've got the home run derby, and we've got the uh, All-Star game this week as well. Baseball season's half over, right? Yes, it's moving along, but yes, you got a big, big week. you got the Major League, like you said, the, the home run derby. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting. All-Star game, I'm excited for it. Everybody gets a day off, too, which is uh, <laughs> always Everybody great. Everybody gets a few days off this year. I mean, because the uh, break is extended till, uh, till Friday. Oh, that's right. I'm glad you mentioned that, Lou. Yeah, so, it's, yes. on Thursday, it's on Thursday game this year. It's, it's been extended a bit. Yeah, so everybody gets like a small little mini vacation, which is nice, you know, because that yeah. grind of 162 games, that's a lot. And yeah. you don't, during the season, you don't get too many days off. You don't get too many days off in the baseball season. Well, more so in the first half than you do in the second half, which I get. Because you do have fewer games. True, true. But, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a great, great all-star game and home run derby. I'm excited for it. I'm more interested in the home run derby than the actual game itself. <laughs> Who do you got to – Who's your early prediction? Yeah, that's a tough one. I really can't. 
I can't tell, but I think uh, if what's his name makes it for a third straight year, well, yeah, something might be up. <laughs> It'd be exciting, but definitely, I'm sure you're going to talk about that this weekend. And oh, what else you got going? What else you got also going on this the, weekend? Uh, also, the recap of uh, the Lewis uh, Russell um which wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> free free agency in both the NHL and NBA, of course. Uh, we'll get some WNBA uh, highlights and uh, special for UFC because they've announced their Hall of Fame. You're probably and I know probably thinking, thinking, what UFC is a Hall of Fame? Yes, actually they do. So we're going to cover that because there are some UFC fans on the show. Um, I mentioned I mentioned baseball and yeah, we'll, and we'll try to talk a little bit of the uh, summer league action. See if Wimbayana you know, is you know worth all the hype. He could be, but he could be on the bus. I mean, for all we know, he could be another Ben Simmons. Perish the thought. Another yutz. Yeah, I definitely hope not. But I, I'm going to definitely talk a lot about that a bit later, but I, I hope not. But, yeah, that's not like you got a great, great, a great show, and it should be a fantastic time for you this weekend. You, I'm going to do my very best to call in. Why would there be a dull month? Ah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's gonna be a great show for you. That's that's fantastic. Oh, and oh, Wimbledon, Wimbledon, Wimbledon as well. All right, so you got a lot going on. That's right. Okay, yeah, so it's it's gonna be a fantastic show for you, and you're gonna do it both on YouTube and and available and call in too, right? Yeah, I mean the show goes. I mean it's only going to be YouTube by the time I do the show. Because uh, the numbers all flashed up and everything, so we do it there. But uh, you know, it is a live show, and yes, people do still call in. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely be one of those callers too. On TV now. Yeah, so it's 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 definitely gonna be exciting. Yeah. And yeah. give them the number to call in. All right, five one two five four three four six six two. RP again, five one two five four three four six six two. And remember, we go by Eastern Time, so it's four to six here on the East Coast, one to three in the West, and uh, nine o'clock in and uh, nine a.m. in Australia Sunday morning. I'm preparing for the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's next. That's next week's show, by the way, with the Women's World Cup. That's next week's show. Yeah. So definitely make sure you support Lou, the Enhanced Sports Show. 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone tomorrow, Saturday, 512-543-4662, 512-543-4662. And also, you can catch them on YouTube, the Enhanced Sports Show. So it's definitely... But remember, but remember, you have to go to YouTube and dial that stuff in. Otherwise, you don't get squat. That's right. And you don't want to be left out. This is a great show. I'm going to do my yeah. very best to call in tomorrow, too. So it Good, should be. A, yes. So definitely I'm going to do that. And would love to hear and how see how things are going for you. I'm going to talk a lot. And always a great time with speaking to Lou. So make sure you guys call in tomorrow. Years of the show, I've been doing something right. There you go. You're definitely doing a great job. You keep up the great work, in fact, and we definitely tremendously appreciate you 
here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, and I'm going to make sure I call in tomorrow for you. All right. And stay out of air for me when you, when you get a chance. Will do. I definitely will. Sounds great, Lou. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. My pleasure. And thanks again for your patience, yeah. and you have a great weekend. You too. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Hey, Lou. Okay. Let me get out of here. Okay. Appreciate you. Pleasure to have Lou call in the Enhanced Sports Show. Make sure you guys support Lou from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. That's tomorrow, Saturday. So it's a lot, a lot of great things going on here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Now, unfortunately, I wanted to talk about this after we had, you know, our guests on the show because I didn't want to start the show up on a real sad downer. But unfortunately, there's been some troubling and some real disturbing news that has happened that happened this week, and it just happened today's Friday. I got word on Thursday, but I didn't till today. And unfortunately, during the XFL championship game, this was the XFL championship game located in San Antonio, Texas. I went to the game, and there was a gentleman there that was on the field that they were going to acknowledge during the game. And at this point, he didn't have his uniform on. Word got to me that he's from the U.S. Army and he's a staff sergeant. He didn't have his uniform on. He had a jersey on, but his family was there, his entire family. So you knew something was going to happen. This was early that I arrived there as soon as before they even let the public in. I literally got there just about just about three hours before the game, the kickoff. And you knew for the person to be on the field that they were somebody special and they were somebody special. And he was there with his family. And, you know, word got to me is from the U.S. Army, even though he didn't have his uniform on, I went ahead and took a picture. And we took a picture. Not only did I take a picture with him and his family, which was him, himself, and son, I went ahead and took a lot of pictures of of him and his family on the field. So we spent quite a few minutes there taking pictures. I didn't realize until afterwards that I actually took about three or four with him and his family, but I actually took a lot with him taking pictures of his family. And because he gave me a cell phone and that gentleman is U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Deshaun Walker Sr., U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Deshaun Walker Sr. And what ended up happening is later in the game, he had gotten, you know, he re-enlisted into the U.S. Army and they acknowledged him during the game. And this time when you saw him, the next time I saw him was on the field in full uniform, getting that honor right on the field. And I even took, at this point, I was in a press box because this was during the game. They didn't actually do it right before the game, they get it during the game. And I took a picture of the screen in the press box of him getting a knowledge. Well, fast forward just under two months ago, that was May 13th on July 6th is when I found out about it, which was Thursday. And I got a call and 
you know, I, I won't disclose the person who, who mentioned to me, but they had told me, unfortunately, what has transpired. And it was, I was just devastated. I really was. I was devastated that unfortunately Deshaun Walker senior has passed away in a tragic boating accident. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, you can get the link there with more details on the specifics. But it's a really gut-wrenching, heart-breaking story for him to pass at a at an innocent fishing, boating fishing, you know, rendezvous with him and his friends to have something tragic like this happen. And what all accounts is is that it was, this was accidental is really sad and that's why usually we do our tributes at the beginning of the show but typically when we do the, sh- the tributes at the beginning of the show it's not in all cases but in most cases we don't actually know the person this is a situation where i've actually met the person and i didn't know the person long but it just it just really brings to light and hits home how precious and life really is and how fragile it is too that you can't take any moment for granted. You have to make sure you be a great person at all points because you never never know. And it's really sad and unfortunate. My sincere prayers, condolences go out to his wife, his son. And, uh, you know, in the picture, I'm assuming that was Deshaun Walker Jr. that I had taken a picture with because he's a senior. But definitely, you know, I met his son and it was such a great honor, and it's, it's just really sad that he has now passed. I want to wish condolences to the U.S. Army. They did a, you know, it's nice send off when it became official that they got more of the details. But please see our page, and I'm going to do a moment of silence out of respect for U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Deshaun Walker Sr was unfortunately no longer with us. I'm going to do a moment of silence. Definitely many prayers and rest in peace. And that was a moment of silence for U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Deshaun Walker Sr. And I just wanted to just touch on a couple things on Major League Baseball. I did want to say that I did watch the Phillies versus the Rays. This was yesterday, Thursday night. It was a great game. Mad props to the Tampa Bay Rays. I love the pitch count. The Rays did lose this game, but you know what? I stuck around till the 10th inning. I stuck around with the, and that's saying a lot because I was with my whole family and we stuck around to the 10th inning and then we, we had to leave and probably was a good thing that we did leave. Cause I, I did watch like to keep up with the score, I should say on the way home and they lost unfortunately three to one. But yes, the, the rays are, you know, they need to get back on the, the winning streak because this break couldn't have come at a better time. They were four games behind as of yesterday. Now they're three and a half games ahead of the Orioles. So the gap is getting a little bit shorter. But you know what? It was re-encouraging. It was encouraging to see how the game play was moving along a lot faster. Also, what was really cool to see 
is that the fans, there was a good amount of fans there. I would say I didn't see the actual attendance number, but it looked definitely a, a very nice crowd. It wasn't sold out, but definitely a very good crowd on a Thursday night. That's definitely encouraging that fans are coming out. Keep continue to support the Tampa Bay Rays. Cause as Mark Corbett said, you know, you don't want the team to pick up and leave. You don't want to, you know, do like the Oakland A's. The way to do that is just keep keep supporting. Keep supporting and enjoying it every single day. They got the concert series coming up. And I'm gonna do my very best to watch those games myself. And they got the nineties night coming up in September. Unfortunately the conflict with Friday night I'll show, but I will see what I can do and go from there, you know, but enjoy it while you can. I've actually seen Flow Rider there. And that was exciting. So you guys are missing out if you're not supporting Tampa Bay Rays. They have great giveaways and they have great concert nights. So if you're not even into the same music as me, they have different type of music there. So no excuses. Check it out. And I did also want to say in Major League Baseball, there was one funny thing that did happen. This was the Dennis Martinez Ellie De La Cruz home run. And basically, Dennis Martinez was griping about the little round part that was at the end of the knob about Ellie De La Cruz. And I guess it was the next pitch or pitch after. I mean, he smoked and crushed a 455-foot home run and then pointed at the bottom of his barrel of his knob of his bat while he rounded the bases. And I would just say this. If you call someone out because you think their equipment is not up to par and they hit a home run, they hit a blast, you get what you get. I'm sorry. I I love baseball. I love competitive nature, but I think Tennis Martinez is taking this too far. You have a really poor record your team right now i think you should be trying to kind of stay underneath the radar you're 25 and a half games out of first place 34 wins 54 losses that is not getting it done worry about what you guys are doing guy jacks a home run because you're complaining about it his bat what do you expect this day and age someone's going to take a dig back at you you know that. I know that. It is what it is. And to be fair, that home run that Ellie De La Cruz hit, he could hit that with a rubber bat and that ball would have left the yard. I mean, he totally smoked it. And that kid's got a great arm. I don't believe in, you know, bigging guys up, especially when they're coming up on the rise. But I have to say that kid's got some tools. He got a can of an arm. He got some pop. He's got height. So he got the game working for him. You know what? I would just say Dennis Martinez every week is something that's going on and you gotta you gotta lay low. You gotta lay low. And there was an incident in Major League Baseball involving Jimmy Cordero for the New York Yankees. The pitcher is no longer going to be pitching for the rest of the season. You'll have to check the reason why, but I would just say Fellas, and even females, if you get into an altercation with your significant other, 
it's not going to be usually a good thing for you. So if you need to leave the house, get any keys and leave, that probably would be a best thing or take a deep breath. It, but when, when the kitchen is getting hot, you may have to look for the back door and get out. I've been married a long time, so I know how it is, but it's, you know, you just want to avoid these types of situations best as possible. I'm just going to leave it right there because it could end up being your career. That's just, that's what you're risking. You're risking a lot more than just a suspension. It could be your career. So just some food for thought. And we got a lot to discuss. We're going to also go ahead and discuss some NFL news. And (laughs) one of the things that came up this week is allegedly Tom Brady is or at least interested or thinking about, or they was looking like a happy, you know, two people together at this party that I wasn't unfortunately invited to, but my invite is in the way it's coming. In, don't worry. But anyway, it, this was a, a party that Kim Kardashian and Tom Brady was at, and that was the news this week. I would just say this much, at least Tom Brady is in the, class of people that could actually afford to date Kim Kardashian because I tell you this much Kim Kardashian somebody who I've actually met got an autograph and I will just say this much you know if you want to date Kim Kardashian you need to have at least at least a minimum I'll be worth of at least a hundred million dollars let's just say it like that because she ain't just dating anybody. You got to be a hundred million or better. And usually you got to be a hundred million and famous. So you can't be one of these. You can't just be a hundred million being one of these execs. And then nobody really knows outside of the company you're working in. You got to be one of these hundred million dudes who everybody knows who they are. So Tom Brady at least is in, he meets that threshold and beyond. <laughs> so he at least is in. He he passed the first phase of the prerequisite. But I will just say this much. I'm just going to give you my opinion on this. Okay. Tom Brady, I would just say numbers don't lie. You're a smart man. You could see the track history of what happens when you date a Kardashian. It doesn't usually end well. I get it. She, even the person I've met, she is a really cool person, actually. If you do meet her, she does have a really sweet personality beyond what people say about her. Meeting somebody and hearing about them are two different things. She does have a real warming, inviting personality. So I can understand initially the thoughts, but I would just say it's not going to end well for you if you're Tom Brady. Let's just call for what it is. It's just a fact. It's just not going to end well for you. You can do what you want to do, but I know that you've got some other options, and I would try to explore those other options. I'm just going to leave it as that, and no hard feelings. Just just look at the facts. You know, these are not things I'm making up. Just look at the facts. And props to Mark Ingram. He's got that new gig now. He's going to be – 
just tuning in. He's going to be now Saturday nights. He's going to Saturdays. He's going to be the analyst for Fox starting, I believe it was September. But yeah, that's going to be a really cool gig for him. Mad props to Mark Ingram. You know, this day and age with uh, people being let go, it's always nice that somebody's getting hired, you know, and that's great. That's awesome for him. He's going to do a great job there, too. I just love personality. He has a lot of insight. You know, anytime you played running back in the league, the NFL, and you've had teammates like Ivan Kamara, you've had Drew Brees, and the list goes on and on and on. He's going to give you a lot of great insight. So it's going to be great to see. And that's the hiring. Now, there was a lot of talk this week as far as the ESPN layoff situation. Why have they chosen for some to stay and others to let go? I know people are picking and choosing. Hey, I wanted them to get rid of this person, but they got rid of the person I loved and wanted to keep this person instead who I can't stand. Well, you're going to get some insight from somebody who has actually been a top performer for corporate America for almost 30 years, 20 for one company and just a shy under 10 for another. And I will tell you, I've been in corporate America my pretty much 80% of my life. And I could tell you there's some reasons why certain people got let go and others did not. Okay. Jalen Rose was one of the, the, unfortunate people who got let go and again I don't I don't take I don't celebrate when somebody loses their gig I don't get happy with that it's nothing for you to be jumping up down for so but I will say with this is how I'm just giving you how corporate America looks at business decisions okay first and foremost and this is from corporate America, corporate America is about one thing, and that is the almighty dollar. You would think that a company or companies who are making millions and some billions, that they would not nickel and dime. They would not be so greedy. They would not be hustling so hard to make a buck or save a buck. But believe me and you, somebody who knows from the inside working in, Corporate America is actually greedier, greedier, and more cutthroat than some guys who, guys or girls who are committing scams, believe it or not. It sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, there is such a thing as corporate greed. It's a real thing. And usually when it comes to corporate America, the people who are making the decisions are not the people on the ground who are implementing those changes. I'll repeat that. Usually the decisions that are being made are made by based on dollars, but the person who's actually feeling effect of it is the person on the ground. So somebody, an executive, might be making a change thinking they could save money or make money, but you as the person who is not an executive or like, like myself who has to deal with the client you're the one who actually has to have the impact of those changes. So if the company wants you to hard close somebody, 
Guess who has to do it? You. You. So they about the money. So let's look at Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose, let me give you some facts, has been with ESPN since 2007. Okay, that's 16 years. 16 years and had a salary of over $3 million. Now, when you, corporate America, the way they look at it is like this. We're paying this person $3 million, and on top of that, they have benefits, vacation time, tenure, and on top of that, they usually have 401k and other things like that. That is a lot of money that's compounding every year that they're there. So if you can unload $3 million and also tenure, that's where corporate America looks at it because Yes, you have a tenured person, but you could start with hiring somebody who's a lot cheaper right off the door. They may not be as good, but eventually, maybe four or five years into it, they'll be more comparable. So it's a money thing. You know, $3 million a year, It's a, you know, in salary. And then, again, the compounding with the benefits, vacation, usually the when you look at corporate America, this is how corporate America looks at it. When you're 15 years plus, that's when you become into a situation where you can be one of the first people being laid off and such and such. The other person that they were comparing to from Jalen Rose was, again, this story kept coming up this week, Malika Andrews. Well, Malika Andrews started with them in 2018. Okay, that's only five years. According to Google, the salary for Malika Andrews is only 58K to 78K. So even if that's incorrect by 10, 20, 30%, that's a lot less than $3 million, far less. Even if it's double the amount she's making, let's say, assume they're double, that's still a far cry from $3 million a year. And Another thing where corporate America looks at it, this is all why they got rid of some and not others. When you have a Malika Andrews, you're checking two check boxes. She is a black person, A, and B, she's a female. There's a two check boxes. This is what corporate America looks at it. Then the third check box is she obviously loves drama. I mean, she basically lied on Jalen Rose about him touching her armpit. And so she's not afraid to jump into that drama category and get some views, even if it means stretching the truth. And it's not even stretching the truth. To me, it was a flat-out lie because I watched that video several times. His hand was not in her armpit. It was clearly on her shoulder. There was – you could clearly see we have HD cameras there. It was on her shoulder. It was not in her armpit. So she was trying to bring up some drama, get some Twitter views, which she successfully did. That is a check mark because that's what that's what producers love. They love drama. That's what America loves. Unfortunately, that's what they do. They love drama. If you're doing things on a straight narrow, you're not going to get as many views as somebody who's looking for drama. So she got the third check mark. And then the other thing is she is not afraid to be disrespectful to men to get her views. Jalen Rose is one of many. She lied on him, but she obviously will throw somebody underneath the, the bus 
She's not afraid to basically shame you as you know, and that's another check mark. So those are the reasons why a business would try to get rid of a Jalen Rose versus Malika Andrews. You understand? They save money and you actually get a lot of bang for your buck because you could check all these check marks and someone who's bringing drama and someone who's not, who's not afraid to disrespect other people on camera. Unfortunately, this is what people look for. Do I agree with it? No, I don't agree with it, but this is what our society, unfortunately, puts figures on. Social media, how much social media views you're getting and drives you're getting, how much drama you're creating, those are what matters. How many views, all these things look at the bottom line, what attracts somebody to a business. And this is corporate America, what they do. So this, and when you look at the layoffs, it's usually around the same pattern. Somebody who's very tenured, unfortunately, that's what it is. It's even happened in my industry too. When you get tenured, you get that compounding interest, you become low hanging fruit. They will get rid of you and get somebody else who they can pay a lot less, a lot cheaper. And that's usually what it, will it be a learning curve? Of course. But at the same token, the way corporate America says, we're saving money. And that's what they'll do. And in a nutshell, is the reason why corporate America will get rid of one and keep the other. Even if you love one and hate the other, a lot of it has to do with the salary. How much are you paying one versus the other? How long has one been here versus the other? And just to, to button up on the Britney Spears, Victor Webiyama situation, for those who don't know, Britney Spears basically had a role reversal. She saw Victor Wembiana, who was the first round draft pick for the for the Spurs, and she kind of got like the San Antonio Spurs. She kind of got starstruck. As you could clearly see the video. She was like, oh, wow. This Victor. So she innocently tapped him on his back because he was walking in front of her to get his attention because she wanted to get a picture. The security, basically not even looking, who was standing right next to Victor, walking to him, side by side by him, takes a slap and hits her right in the face. I mean, didn't even look where he was swinging at, but hits her right in the face. And she didn't, Brady Spears didn't press charges. She actually was about as cool about this whole thing as you can be. It was caught on camera, of course. You know, you don't miss anything nowadays on camera. But I will say this much. If you are a situation where you're a player and you're seven feet, five inches tall, and you're really worried about a female or male was five foot at best tapping on your back to get your attention and if you're security you're worried about that shame on you okay get over yourself maybe somebody wants your picture maybe somebody wants your autograph it's not a big deal the only time you should ever ever intervene when it comes to security and a celebrity as if there's confrontation Meaning there's a verbal confrontation between you, you're the person you're securing, 
and somebody else, or if there's a, obviously a physical confrontation, a push, a shove, spitting on you, then you should step in and intervene. But if somebody's just asking for an autograph or a picture and taps you, get your attention, there's, there's really no reason for you to be swinging your hands at anybody, especially carelessly like that, not even looking, just giving a back slap, careless and reckless to me. And it shows like, it's like a bug. You're, you're bugging me. Let me swat you away. Let's be real. At the end of the day, Victor Wembeyama is seven feet, five inches tall. If you're afraid of a five foot two fanatical fan coming at you to get a picture and autograph, this business is really not for you. It really isn't. Go ahead, be an engineer, be a scientist, work in a bubble, make your hundred something thousand a year, and no one will bother you. Okay? It's just get over yourself. I mean, I went over to a foreign country. I'm not going to even say which country it was. And I was definitely in a minority. When I got off the plane, there was hundreds of people begging me for money. I did not swing my hands or swing on anybody. You're talking about fanatical fans versus people who are begging because they really want a dollar from you and they really need a dollar from you. You know what? I can handle myself. I didn't have security guards. I didn't start swinging on anybody. Give me a break. Okay. Give me a break. And not only that, I'm not seven feet, five inches. I'm five foot eight. If where I come from, you don't need security. Like Mike Tyson, you know, you're part of the people. I would say this is a learning lesson for security. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't intervene unless you have to. Somebody wants your picture and autograph, that's part of that's part of it. You know, you're on TV. They show you on TV every other minute. You're getting paid because of the fans. The fans are buying your tickets. They're buying your jerseys. They're the ones supporting you. You know, they want a picture with you now. Okay? I'm paying all the bills. I just want to get a picture. What's the big deal? You want to get an autograph. Okay. People want your attention. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't be swinging. You're lucky you met with somebody who actually was really cool because they could have sued. They could have made this thing press charges, made this thing a lot more worse off. Let it be a learning lesson. Do not swing on anybody. Keep your hands to yourself. Victor Wembyama can take care of himself. He's seven foot five inches for crying out loud. It's ridiculous. Swinging on a girl. Well, swinging at anybody without even looking. Whenever it was a long lost high school friend or something. Come on, man. People need to get with themselves, okay? It's not that serious. Somebody wants a picture. They want an autograph. You're on TV. Be thankful you're on TV. Okay? You think you have 5 million, 6, 7, 8, 10 million followers that somebody's not going to want to get a picture? Give me a break. Not that serious. Again, you should only intervene if there's a real viable threat. Somebody's threatening you, spitting on you, ready to throw hands on you, then you step in between your client and the threat. Outside of that, keep your hands to yourself, man. Come on. Swing it. 
this is low budget security. And I've been around some, some great security where billionaires and they act a lot better than that. Come on, man. Hey, he wants a picture. He wants an autograph. He wants an interview. Let me swing my hand back. Get out of here. You're a bug. Yeah, Bray. Get over yourself. So those are my thoughts on the Victor Rabiyama situation. And a lot, a lot of things going on in the sports world. Did want to go ahead and discuss the Jared Anderson fight. I'm going to do that in just one moment. We're going to take a couple of moment breaks here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We're going to take a break with my great friend, Sam Scola. He's going to give us a, a great treat here, a sports theme song by Sam Scola. Sam Scola and Mary, really appreciate you both. From Maine, you guys are awesome. And you, if you're listening, audience, Sam Scola wrote the first song. He's, he's now, you're going to hear his second song, his sports theme song, and he wrote the end song as well. And I'll also play the, also the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. I'm going to play that a little bit later tonight. But right now we're going to take a, a little break with Sports Theme by Sam Scola. You want to go ahead and sign him, please reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show, and I'll make sure we connect you to Sam Scola. Sam Scola from Mary. And Mary, love you guys, and definitely check them out from right out of me, Sam Scola.
Sam Scola sports theme song. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary right out of Maine. And yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about boxing. Okay, and I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. And this is the Jared Anderson fight that happened last weekend. I predicted and told you guys that this was going to be a tough fight for Jared Anderson. I felt like he was going to still win, but I knew it was not going to be an easy night. And this was not an easy fight for him. What ended up happening is he got tested. And and I knew he was going to get tested because he was fighting against a crafty, a crafty veteran. And that's what happens usually when a young guy fat fights a guy who's, you know, Charles Martin is a guy who's been around for a while. He's been fighting. He's fought some of the best fighters in the heavyweight division. And he's been doing it for a while. And I felt like he's also the bigger guy, too, Charles Martin. I, I just felt like this was going to be a tough fight for Jared to win. And it was. He got rocked a couple times in this fight. And had it not be for Jared's intangibles, he probably could have lost his fight. He, You know, it could have been not only a not, non well, he did knock him out. I wouldn't say knock him out. He knocked him down in the third round. But this was not an easy night for Jared at all. And he did w- walk away with the win. And the reason why he got the win is because of those intangibles that he has. He does have a large boxing IQ. It's not just all brute strength. But because of that is the reason why he was able to hang on and win this fight. I will say this much. You know, congrats on the win. No doubt about that. Jared has a lot of intangibles, and he has a lot of great things going for him. But I think he realized after this fight that it's not going to be as easy as you think. In order for you to be ascended to the number one boxer in the heavyweight division, it is a tough, flat-out grind. It is a flat-out grind. I know you've been cruising, but I think now his eyes are open that, yes, you aspire to be number one, but to get to that number one spot in the heavyweight division, it is a flat-out grind. And some of the things about Jared, I'll just notice that I agree with a lot of what Bertonio Tarver said. You know, you you can't just move straight back to defend when it comes to punches because somebody like somebody like a Tyson Fury who can who has long arms or Wilder will notice you're doing that and just lead forward and anticipate you to move back. And guess what? That right hand is coming. And you can't just move straight back to defend your punches. You have to either block them with your gloves or duck, move your head out the way. You can't just stand there on the line or move back your head. You got to work on your defense. It's imperative. It's nothing not warrior, unwarrior-like to not, I've said it several times on the show, there's nothing unwarrior-like with perfecting your defense. You have to be able to hit, as Mayweather said, and not get hit. You have to work on your defense. And that was the biggest thing I noticed in his fight was that those defensive flaws was very glaring. And when you fight somebody who actually has a lot of experience, yes, he didn't have the skill set, and he's not as young and useful as Jared, but he does have veteran IQ. And 
and made it interesting. So you got to work on your defense. Also, I would suggest, as what Antonio Tarver said, don't use a clubbing-type punch. Lock your wrist in and actually do an effective punch. You know, don't don't do those like clubbing type punches. They they're not as effective. And the defense, you got to be able to not just you got to be able to move your head. You got to move it, move your head. You got to get off the line. And yeah, so there's definitely some room for improvement for Jared Anderson, but he definitely is on the rise. He's a young up and coming fighter. He's got a lot of intangibles that I think is going to help him out. But I, I definitely do think there is going to be a situation where he's going to have to work on that, that defense. And if he can do that, I feel like he can, he can do something special in the heavyweight. But if he doesn't work on the defense, it's, it's unfortunately going to, it's going to catch up. Yeah, so a lot of great things are going to be happening too in the boxing world, you know, we have Jerron Ennis versus Roman Vila. That fight is coming up this weekend. I think Boots Ennis, you know, he's going to do his thing like normal and win this fight as well. You know, I just, I just think he's going to, he's just, unless you're a very good fighter, I just don't see, unless you got some great defensive skills, I just look at Boots Ennis is just going to, keep the train on the truck, keep going. And so I expect him to get that win. So that should be exciting to see. But I love the fact that the boxing world, box community, you know, we got the Canelo fight later this year. You got Crawford and Errol Spence coming up later this month. I love the fact that guys are now starting to take a little bit more risk. It's about time but it's, it's well needed. And that's how we're going to know who's the best when you guys fight each other. But I, I do predict Boots Ennis to win. And then we got the Adorno fight also happening this weekend too. <laughs> it, should be, uh, it should be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, so I will definitely say that I'll keep you guys up to date on some boxing news and a lot of great fights coming on. But Jared Anderson special, just working your defense, you'll get there. I also did want to go ahead and give a, a, a lot of props to this this week to all of the fans of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. It's it's been awesome. I love you guys' comments, your likes, your follows. It's always been a great thing. And write down this phone number. This is our call-in phone number. It's 516-418-5572. 516-418-5572. As we're wrapping up the show, you can have that for next week. We will be back next Friday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. I will actually be on doing the show on the road. And then we have some great things coming up, some great guests coming up before this month is over. So we're going to do that. July is flying by, actually. It's already 7th. <laughs> For me, it feels like it's, this month of July is going by really quickly. Just had the 4th of July. Want to wish 
who just uh, this week, well, we're going to celebrate her birthday tomorrow, but her birthday is actually the 5th. want to wish my great and beautiful daughter, Jessie Alford, a happy birthday. The birthday, again, was on the 5th, but we're going to celebrate it tomorrow. So I want to wish Jessie Alford a happy birthday. want to definitely do that. And want to go ahead and give props to, of course, our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce is awesome. You guys didn't use it. The, I use it this this fourth. I barbecued, and you know I use nothing but Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Delicious, delicious, delicious. People love it. But you know what? Even though it's the fourth is passed, you can still get it ready for your next barbecue. Have it ready right now and taste it. Let us know which flavor you love the best. There's four different flavors. There's also some great rubs. So you could try that too. Florida Sand. Check it all out at flbbqsauce.com. And it's flbbqsauce.com. In fact, that's what we're going to do now. We're going to go ahead and play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by Sam Scola. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary right out of Maine. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce by Sam Scola. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. A natural flavor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. A classic taste for chicken steak chips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Right, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. And that's flbbqsauce.com. flbbqsauce.com. Check it out there. And definitely wanted to thank our great guest that we had today. We had Mark Corbett from Baseball Biz on Deck. So definitely thank Mark Corbett for being our great, great special guest today on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Also want to thank our great caller, Lou. Always very special to hear from Lou. Want to thank Lou for calling in. Want to definitely appreciate him and appreciate you, the fans. Appreciate Sam Scola and Mary. And definitely Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Please follow us on YouTube at Alan Alford. Subscribe to our channel, Alan Alford. 
Just type in Alan, A-L-A-N, A-L-F-O-R-D. You can find me there on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Appreciate you guys being great fans. Till we talk again, have a blessed weekend, blessed week. Be safe, be well, be blessed. Remember, life is precious. Be kind to someone today because no one's promised tomorrow. You guys take good care of yourself. Love doing the show for you. I'll be back next week. Take care of yourself and enjoy the rest of your week. Take care. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.